Get ready for non-stop action. Get ready for non-stop excitement. They're doing the job possibly nobody wants. Watching every canon film and analyzing them. To death. Frank Garcia Hale. Jeff Garlock in the Canon Canon. I got a problem with my pecker. Welcome to the Canon Canon. My name is Jeff Garlock. And I'm Frank Garcia, the party animal hail. Oh, man. And you really are. You know, I watched this movie. <laughs> oh, and I, <laughs> uh, I watched this movie and I thought of you the whole time. Yeah, right. Because I'm always wearing <laughs> Confederate flag shirts. I'm a real hayseed <laughs> that fell off a turnip truck. And I'm just always. See, <laughs> Texas and Alabama are basically the same. The same thing. I mean, this is like your life story here, right? Frank? Yeah. Uh, uh, heritage, not hate. <laughs> You're just a big Pantera fan. Yeah. So, people, this is the Canon Canon. We are the podcast where we talk about Canon films and all of their amazing output. And also, this is the podcast where we also sometimes do could have been a Canon episodes. Could have been a Canon. Been a Canon. <laughs> so, people, we've got a Patreon. Patreon.com slash the canning canon uh that is where you can support this podcast that is where you can get uh or one month early could have been a canon episodes garlock soundtrack videos uh sometimes commentary episodes other bonus things we think of interact with us and if you're a member at a certain level you can pick for six months you can pick what movie we cover and I have to say, we've said this before, might be one of the, not might be, it is one of the most enjoyable parts of doing this podcast over all these years. Our listeners, our Patreon members get Mm -hmm. it. Our listeners don't. That's what we're saying. If you're not a Patreon (laughs) member and you listen, you don't get it. Joking. (laughs) But our Patreon members, uh, one, they're smart enough to support the canon bros. So you know they're geniuses right away. Like, I mean, they are just helping out. Also, people, by the way, Frank has made a wall to protect himself from sound. Yeah, and from the We're going to have some but fun watching it fall on him. Yeah, it's going to fall a couple of times. So if you hear something go, it's uh, my styrofoam wall falling on me. But, but truly, our Patreon members, they are very smart for supporting us because they know that this podcast is important and this work needs to be done. But... They're also just smart for the picks that they have picked. I haven't been disappointed by one of them yet. Not a uh, single one. No. And I have also been surprised by a couple of them, either because I would like, we've talked about either we're like, okay, maybe I could see that it's a could have been a canon and then it works. Or uh, in today's case, uh, I'm surprised in many many ways uh but surprised that it's a movie i've never heard of uh have no concept of what we're getting into nope blown away when we're watching it not necessarily in a good way (laughs) or a bad way but truly in a fascinating way and that yeah it could have been a canon in its own specific weird way uh uh and so before we really get into that, first, more Patreon work. We got work here, people. We have we have work we need to do at the beginning of this episode. Will you let we us get... already? Jesus, can you let us do work? Jesus, people. Five minutes. We've... Daddy's busy. Just, just can you just 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 hold on. I'm sorry I'm using a harsh voice. Uh oh. We're sorry, God, we'll get like... ice cream. 
Yes. I'll make up to you later. Jeez, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> give me a hug. Uh, we've got two shout-outs. Uh, we got new Patreon members. Of course, if you uh, join as a Patreon member, you get a personalized shout-out here. Um, and so first off, we got a shout-out, Jonathan Bergen. Uh, and again, if we ever, we always say this, if we pronounce your name wrong, uh, just let us know. You get a double shout-out. Yeah. Or do some weird grift on us. Tell us a different way. That isn't actually how you're pronounced. So you can and hear we'll your just... name on a podcast with a yeah. limited listenership. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> isn't that a great benefit? Um, so, But Jonathan Bergen, thank you so much. You are a Molasses 2x4, and we appreciate you. We appreciate you, you so much for your support. Um, also, got to give a shout out. Dan Pritchard, Slice Radio. Slice uh, uh, Radio. Slice Radio. Slicing up the competition. It's Slice Radio. There you go. Slice Radio can use that as their bonus. Yeah, you got bonus pull quotes. That is, that is legally uh, legally bound yep. right there. Slice Radio. But Dan, you've been a supporter for a long time, but now you're an actual Patreon supporter, and we appreciate that at the Molasses 2x4 level. That is awesome. Um, and so, yeah, uh, think about joining that Patreon. You will get all the bonuses, early episodes right now. Uh, uh, wait, depending on when this comes out? No, not when it comes out. We don't know anymore since our Yeah, we don't know. Changed. We're so lost. We change schedules. We're always a month off. Why do I try to be professional? What am I doing here? Hey, man, kick off your flip-flops and float <laughs> downstream, Bop brother. I guess I would say The Last Dragon was an episode that you had in this Patreon a month before anyone else, which I think is a fantastic episode by us. Yes. Fantastic episode. One of my favorites. One of my faves as well. Uh, But currently, if you're listening on Patreon, you are getting the movie that we have today. Uh, And so uh, today's movie uh, was picked by Daniel Levitt. Um, And uh, he is in our greatest level, so he got to pick. And, uh, again, I was uh, shocked by not knowing this movie. And Same. I, I, I want to say every step of the way of this, I was shocked. I was shocked when we were given it. Uh, one, just I was like, oh, wow. Like, uh, spoily, it's a sex comedy. Mm-hmm. Like, we don't talk about many sex comedies, but we do talk about the concept of sex comedies before yep. um, uh, on many episodes. And every second of this movie i think i was slightly flabbergasted of what how how why what how what get what just like yep and i had to break it up you watched it we both watched it in crazy time periods i yep. watched it at like 9 a.m waiting for an appointment <laughs> to come to my house which maybe makes you feel extra crazy yeah um so we are talking about 1985's MGM release, as far as I can tell. I mean, I guess some, some uh, a production company will get into, but MGM releasing The Party Animal. The Party Animal. <laughs> he won't stop being problematic. <laughs> I actually have the taglines here if you want to hear them. Oh, yeah. Let's get them before because we're going to have Daniel tell us a little bit about it because that's one of the bonuses you get. Yep. If you are a Patreon member, you get to pick this. And I think he, he recorded a fantastic intro for yep. this. Uh, but yeah, wh- I wanted to hear these taglines before we have Daniel tell us a little bit about the party animal and why he picked it. All right. Here's the first one. A chemical reaction got him some action. <laughs> I mean, not wrong not wrong uh, all right here's fun the second rhyme. one 
When he walks in, the party begins. Uh, wrong is yeah. actually that one. That one, I would say, every time, and we'll get into it, our catchphrase, he walks into the party. It actually is a harsh stop yeah. and rewind, let's get away from the party animal. Yep. Uh, third one, from spud to stud in one quick sip. God damn it. And that was not a quick sip, let me tell you. Not a quick sip. Uh, right. Like like everything in this movie, not a quick sip. Uh, uh, likes to really linger, this movie. Mm-hmm. But here's the last uh, one. Oh, yeah. Oh, we got. Oh, what? man, they had a lot had for this movie for I've this never yeah. heard of. Yep. All right. Okay. Oversexed, overloaded, and over the top. He's the party animal. My God. My God. At least has a connection to canon saying just over the top. Just the concept of it. <laughs> but uh, before we get deep into this, uh, Daniel, can you let us know why did you pick the party animal for your could have been a canyon or canon? <laughs> I really struggled with which movie to suggest. Do I pick a personal favorite like Big Man on Campus or one I think would make a great episode like My Demon Lover? Ultimately, though, I was tasked with picking a could have been a canon, and there's no movie I've ever seen more appropriate for that label the 1984 teen sex comedy, The Party Animal. This is a movie, and I use that word loosely, I first saw it 10 years ago, and from the beginning scene, it's different from any other movie I've ever seen. And not just because the main character wears a Confederate flag t-shirt the entire time, but because of his ongoing and escalating problematic behavior. Have we ever needed a trigger warning on a Canon Canon episode before? Unlike Jeff, I'm a huge fan of the teen sex comedy genre, and I pride myself in having seen the deepest of deep cuts. Teen sex comedies tend to follow the same plot points. Nerdy nice guy, doesn't have luck with girls, and goes through some wacky hijinks to eventually lose his virginity. It's typically innocent fun between consenting individuals, and yeah, maybe from time to time, you get a scene or two that pushes the limits between what's acceptable and what's problematic behavior. But hey, it was the 80s. The party animal is different, much different. From the get-go, the protagonist is much more like an antagonist. There's zero time spent making him sympathetic or enticing the audience to root for him. The movie is really a series of loosely connected scenes that get more problematic as they go on, interspersed with music video-style B-rolls of hot girls and occasionally hot guys. With that said, it's also a legitimately really fun watch. Not just to see what insane thing happens next, but there are a bunch of really fun creative scenes, and the soundtrack is truly amazing. I'm excited to see the guys' thoughts on it, and I think this will be one of, if not, the highest rated could have been in canon. Jeff, can we get you to record a hardcore version of the Hound Dog mantra? Could have been a canyon, but it stayed a mountain. (laughs) (laughs) Felt like I was in a canyon sometimes watching it. I was never going to get out of. Um, But still had moments of like, do I want to get out of this? Or I just want to break it down in the most academic way possible that no one should be doing. You know what I actually thought? This, This felt like a movie that I was like, if we were, you know, different people, maybe we'll get there at one point. Uh, if we were different people, we would at the very least be writing like a Nathan Rabin style essay about the party animal going along yeah. with this. Mm-hmm. Um, 
This is another oh, another one too that I can't remember what movie recently that I point out, but shocked that I went to BNS about movies. Didn't have an entry on it. So gotta get on this one to watch it because oh, I wanna yeah. I wanna read that reading on that. Get me some more info on this fucked up movie. <laughs> Jeff, it's cute to think that we'll be able to write anything in the future with AI coming for oh, our jobs. Oh my god. There is one thing I am scared about with AI is the creation of Skynet because all of my knowledge about science is based off of movies and not actual fact. And two, that the AI is going to come in and take my goddamn party animal reviews because you know they're working on that. They're working on it. I know it. I know they are. They, hey, you know what? You do the they. math. You do the yeah, math. Yeah, exactly. You do the, hey, hey, people, I'm, I'm can, saying, hey, can you do the math? Can you do the do math? Do the math. Do the math on this one. Party animal reviews are being written by chat GPT as we speak. Aliens uh, are actually AI from the future that fuse with humans, but they can't feel emotion. <laughs> and you know when they do feel emotion, though? When they watch the party. Animal. That's right. That's what they, they get a big old boner, space boner. That's the emotion they feel. Is Interdimensional <laughs> space boner. Because <laughs> that's certainly what I felt watching this movie was horniness. Uh, <laughs> yeah, just nonstop horniness because of our lead actor just being so charismatic. So charismatic. So, yeah, this is the party animal. It is, uh, uh, you know, as was uh, introduced wonderfully uh, by Daniel in that it is a, a, ostensibly a sex comedy. Mm-hmm. It does fit in the interesting route. Like, I was actually glad like i watched it before he sent in that intro yeah and referencing my demon lover and big man on campus did actually make sense because it does it it is a sex teen comedy but not in the way you imagine and it does fall into the category of like mid 80s late 80s uh, Venn diagram overlap with sex comedy that also honestly could have a connection to the can't buy me love lover boy yep. section of the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of my first introduction to Robert McGinty, I believe was in <laughs> lover boy as the father. Yeah. Uh, and then when I saw the exterminator and exterminator two, I was like that guy. Yeah. Um, uh, and so that, that weird world again, that does, you know you're not going to have sex necessarily or titillation, but it's also going to be comedy light, comedy yeah. adjacent, but also high concept in At a weird points, way. Yeah. At one point, this movie becomes Clerks. Yes. <laughs> and is also using Napoleonic themes. Yes. Kind of. And so, yeah, to like to even like have those movies, I was like, oh, that makes sense of how it goes. I guess like so to start off for me, like I realized like we've talked about like sex comedies have come up uh, mm-hmm. uh, and Daniel mentions in his intro that he's a big fan of them uh, as the genre. And it is like I've been thinking about them even before we got this as an assignment a lot in the past couple weeks because uh, one I rewatched Police Academy uh, one, two, three, four, and halfway through five, but might be bailing on five. Yeah, that one's a little bit rough. 
I, for some reason, thought the Goot left after five, but then I realized that it's Lloyd Braun in five. Yeah. And it's, like, really, like, uh, bottom of the basement pretty quick. Um, yeah. And so, and so I've been thinking about, because, like, those movies are, someone described them as, like, they're not necessarily good, but they are, like, getting into a warm bath. <laughs> right. Like, you just feel kind of comfortable watching it. Yeah. And... I, I had said in an Instagram thing that like one, I was truly disappointed that realizing um, that Michael Winslow does almost all of his sound effects in post. Oh, like really take like you watching. You're like, this isn't happening on set. Yeah. And it's the same as when my friends in college went to go see him do stand up and came back and were like, he had like all these effects pedals. <laughs> and you're like, oh, that's not what I imagined as a kid. It, like, it really was like weirdly disappointing. Uh, and that you realize that Leslie Easterbrook is 38 or 39 in five. Yeah. In her game, her superhero power, she's sexy older woman. Uh-huh. And you're just like, oh, my God, you're five years older than I am currently. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Uh, I mean, she is like unbelievable in these movies. I yeah, mean, funny, but also like truly every movie, you're just like, oh my god, Leslie Easterbrook. Yeah. So either way, with those, Amazon I've been thinking goddess. about. Am I mean, tr- it's insane. Yeah. Um, but those are interesting movies too because they went from like, and it talked about. We got an article about sex comedies in the making and the party animal from Daniel that also talks about Police Academy. And I'm like, right, they are in the same world because Police Academy is like started as sex comedy, yeah, and quickly became PG. Yeah, where it, it kind of started as a uh, yeah sex comedy and also a little bit of a takedown of authority it's a little bit more you yeah know, yeah uh, critical of it as opposed to like what kind of became the silly copaganda of late right like a I, pg I felt gross with still words, homophobic but. blue oyster yeah uh jokes and but at the same time i do stand behind is there another movie in a series that part four is the best one i love it i mean but that's sweet chucks it's for legitimately you. funny frank yeah. Like when you, if you rewatch, if you haven't recently, oh, it's I, all on HBO. That was the one now. I would watch uh, over and over again as a kid. That's the thing. And I was like, is it just the nostalgia? Because that's like three and four were the ones that were on all the time, yep. but three wasn't on as much. Four was on all the time. I think the four has some legitimately, like I'm upset I'm laughing out loud yeah. parts. Um, and is not sexual though. Also really in the same way. Uh, uh, so there's that, and I've been thinking about, uh, there's like, we clearly are in a renaissance of 90s erotic right now. <laughs> yeah. Like, the Criterion channel has a whole section. Like, my wife was like, did you know that this section is on there? And she was like, can you name what movies are in it? Like, it's in this Jezebel article, and I was like, guessed like half of them. Yeah. Um, and then like John Murray, text, uh, friend of the show, texts me the night, he's like, Color of Night with yep. Bruce Willis is fucking crazy. Yep, Sliver. <laughs> Sliver. Uh, Anything last with uh, uh, Michael Douglas or Richard mm-hmm. Gere. <laughs> yep. But there's also the documentary coming out, a 90s direct-to-video thriller, uh, erotic thrillers, like oh, really? all the Shannon Tweed. Like, wow. yep, We Kill for Love. Yeah. That's kind of be like that In Search of Darkness, I think. Oh, nice. And then I think you you have to hear that. What's the uh, Karina Longsworth? You oh, must remember yes, this. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. 
they're doing a series on 90s they are? eroticism. Yeah. Oh, wow. So, like, we're truly in it, but, like, so it goes with sex comedy. This is all a long-winded Garlock tab that I do, as you have to deal with as my co-host for many years. Um, Tapping but this my, is all- my, my watch. <laughs> yes, exactly. Can we get it moving here, Garlock? But this all connects to the idea of sex comedies, and one of the reasons I think I never got completely into them so John Murray described 90s, uh, especially direct-to-video erotic thrillers, as uh, uh, noir with breasts, yeah. or lazy noir with breasts, Yes, and also was like uh, uh, porn for people not kinky enough or ashamed to actually just watch porn. Porn, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's how sex comedies also feel to me, and we talked about that to some extent, and like I realize that is like, I don't want to say the word prejudice, but I definitely have that viewpoint that I don't have for horror movies where like some people would be like, Oh, Frank, Jeff, you guys are psychopaths. Yeah. Like you will just watch people in this crazy world we live in watching people's heads get cut off and stuff. And and for us, we're like, no, you can hide these amazing themes in genre yeah. and in horror. And you can say what you want to say. Cause in this way, you know, connects to what I think they were trying to say in, that love in the party animal, but I don't, I'm intrigued by watching more of the teenage sex comedies, but I don't ever want to because we've talked about as comedians, they're, they're jokes and they, and I'm like, well, but I feel awkward just watching. It's the half of vinegar syndrome that I'm like, I still have a, I'm like, am I more conservative than other people that I'm like, I don't necessarily buy the buying like this is an important porno that I need for my film collection. And I'm like, you mean to jerk off? <laughs> like, that's what it's mainly for. Like, I'm not watching horror movies to jerk off. <laughs> like, I think it's just like the weird, the purpose of it is elusive to me. Right. Well, I think, I mean, because there, there's a demographic, even in that article uh it was kind of pointing out like it's it's aimed towards teenage boys right you're pre you know like yeah prepubescent or teenage boys and it's just like it's it's all for that market it's all for that kind of uh i mean because i bet if i had seen this as you know a young man i probably would have been like greatest movie ever yeah Well, because I, and that's the part that I'm also trying to remember. And it's when I don't have, I have nostalgia for talking about some of them, but I think neither you or I have a huge nostalgia for them. Yeah. Because they always just made me like, not only uncomfortable, like, and weren't titillating enough, but also weren't, we've said, just as comedians, just weren't funny enough. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me too, it just felt like, I don't know. It just always felt, I don't know how to describe it because like it's not being conservative at all, but it's just kind of being like it feels I think it because nothing feels organic and it just is and it's just like I don't yeah. know. Yeah. You know knew that saying. it was I'm not real life. It you knew that it's like in sex comedies, I guess it is supposed to be a heightened reality, but you can accept that in a genre yeah. of horror more than and I think also it's like when people do the like like they said for this movie or they said for Porky's or whatever, it's just like it was just based off of things I did. 
Yeah, and, and you're, you're like, like oh, yeah. That's the thing. That's what to me I think because we are both children of the '80s, where for me a lot of like what I thought about sex and sexual politics came from these types of movies. Yeah, and so I it took me a long time to unlearn that being like this isn't how it is. This is how yeah. it should be. You know, so right. Maybe that's my own personal shit, but like. No, no, but I do think it I but I think there's a clear like connection that can be made of like uh it it it's 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 not to fall into the like, you know, porn can really mess up your brain, but it is like there there's enough of an argument that we've talked about that like as young men we maybe watch sexuality and violence wrapped up in a weird way in Friday the 13th movies. Yeah. You know, and so it gave us like something that like didn't fuck us up, but maybe didn't leave us the healthiest. Yeah. And I don't think you like, I think I've said it before, I think Bachelor Party is a very funny movie. I think Three Quarters of Revenge of the Nerds is a very funny yeah. movie. Like legitimately funny. Yeah. Uh, and I think Nerds of Paradise is legitimately has some funny stuff and is in a different realm. And I used to love Loverboy and Can't Buy Me Love. That's why those popped in my brain. I yeah. thought they were funny movies. Um, but I also at the time knew they weren't airplane. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and that Porky's didn't ex- like. I certainly didn't care about the anti-Semitism themes of Porky's. <laughs> but so that's the weird part where it's like. Uh, it is like it, acknowledging that these were made for teenagers and we are 45 year olds in the same way. It's like going to see the Super Mario movie mm. was maybe the first time that I truly was like, it's kind of embarrassing and ridiculous that I'm reading an L.A. Times serious review of this movie. I can't believe uh, all the seriousness around this movie because we went to see it. My daughter loved it. I had fun. And it was just like I why, the number why? one why review we... is truly our children thinking it's the greatest movie. That's, that's all ever it existed. matters. Like my because daughter, that is what it was made for. <laughs> my daughter loved it. My daughter is four and a half years old, and yeah. I I had a great time because also the other kids in the theater were having a great time. There yeah. was applause. They were laughing, and it was. I was like, yeah, that's all that matters, right? My kid enjoys it, and like my I, son... I got a kick out of certain things, like yeah, little Easter same. eggs, and I was like, this is fun. And I'm sure at the same time you felt as me where you were like, it was amazingly formula- like formulaic oh, at yeah. times. And and I was like weirdly disappointed. That I was like, wait, why would you run through the levels and not just play, quote unquote, the levels? Right. Is it just because you're leaving Yoshi for the sequel? Like, yeah. and, and you just instead sacrificed him for a quick Jurassic Park joke? Uh, <laughs> oh, you're not going to really be in the desert level? That's kind of what this game is. But at yeah. the same time... That's as ridiculous as a adult reviewing it like an adult movie. Yes. Versus the answer truly is, my son has not stopped listening to Bowser singing Peaches. Oh, yeah. On repeat for a week. Oh, boy. And and I'm like, at least it's Jack Black, and yeah. I can introduce him to Tenacious D eventually. <laughs> but... Um, so yeah, I know it's ridiculous to some extent to be like, and here is the, uh, you know, uh, the, the, uh, kind of educated viewpoint on sex comedies and the party animal. But I'm also trying to understand what my feelings are on them because that's what we admire in too is like, well, I, I have an idea of like what makes it successful and what makes it Mm -hmm. this 
Um, <laughs> not not so much. I'm I'm not slagging the movie. It just I feel like with sex comedies, usually there are characters that you can find yourself in, right? Yeah. Especially for teenage boys, where like you look at an American Pie, where they have the four or whatever how many friends. Yep. Of like a typical dynamic high school group, uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. You have great characters who were, you know. Uh, I feel like this one, you're thrown in immediately to a heightened reality with yeah. the biggest asshole you can think of. Who I borderline him. I was like, is he, you know. Uh, does he have mental problems? Like, I don't understand what it going seemed for. like they were going for that. I thought that's times. what they were going for. And it felt like that. And then kicked in the nobody... head by a mule, at least <laughs> down on the turnip farm. Right. <laughs> Where just completely unlikable. And then his best friend, which I don't understand how he Studley. was. Studley, <laughs> who were they friends before that or just became friends when he fell off the turnip truck? Um, I think they became friends. Well, anyway, they turn- yeah, they're best friends. Uh, and he is so heightened by the way, Studley, the, the violinist from ghostbusters that Dana, uh, is talking with when Peter goes to visit her. Uh, and for me, it. I was suspended immediately. I was like, "All right, who do we know him from?" Yep, I had thought the was, same thing, and I was like, "Wait for a Ghost, minute." For me, I think it's he's the campaign manager in Black Sheep. Oh, who is telling like you got to dump Chris Farley? Because yeah. I was like, I recognize immediately. You're like, I recognize this guy's face. Yeah, he's the most recognizable person in the movie. I think I don't think I knew anyone else in this. And then there's like a heightened kind of. Uh... Well, I mean, it's problematic. Oh God, yeah. Of uh, what was the the guy the friend the the guru's name the oh um oh shoot elbow yes <laughs> so elbow that character of like why is he living in like a gaslight shack you know right. and like I he's the I don't know but and then, he's living in like a Creole like he's like the, yeah. the shack in Pirates of the Caribbean ride right before you get on or yet they're in a like I don't know whatever I, I just feel like yeah. um there's no grounded character there are absolutely no grounded characters in this whatsoever yeah. so everything is heightened so everything is feels like and it's not surreal enough where you can kind of forgive it for that and it's very canon in its uneven yep. tone of when it's going to be surreal and absurdist, yeah. and when it's not. There are it can it's like good forty minutes in sometimes where you're just like, oh, that's going to happen now, yeah, and then it doesn't continue that way. <laughs> and also, the main turn of the movie happens the last ten minutes or last fifteen minutes of the movie. It you're took like, forever. You're to like, get why to is this happening bullshit. just now? I know. Should we get do our quick facts before we get sure. into we've broken up sub in there? Yeah, I mean, like, it came out on January 11th, 1985 in the U.S. It came out before in Canada. Uh, it was directed by David Beard. Beard, I, I think. Saying, Beard. Uh, and also, but <laughs> according to IMDb, this is the final film uncredited of director Harvey Hart. So I don't right. know what happened there. There was like somebody came in to finish the job or do some other stuff i don't know but it was written by david beard and alan c fox we're talking about 1985 so you know what that means gotta go back, go back in, time. in time 
We got Back to the Future, Beverly Hills Cop, Rambo First Blood Part 2, Rocky Four, Cocoon, Witness, The Goonies, Police Academy 2, their first assignment, Fletch, and A View to a Kill. Where do you think this landed? 143. I didn't see it on there. Oh, okay. That's what it's going to be my second guess. But I thought it, I thought it did semi well but i I don't know maybe well, they, I, yeah i thought i saw one fact that said that it did surprisingly well like maybe it was in that article because he sent us an article about it from the la times like i said that maybe mentioned that they almost had a sequel yeah because it did so well let me double check that uh, right just to make sure but when i did the search it didn't come up i mean that's also amazing that it's like i mean in the time I'm trying to find if Police Academy 2 was PG. <laughs> I think that was... Like, that came... Uh, or was it 3? I think it was PG-13, because that's already when the... Okay. Uh, the rating system came Because even Police Academy starting to pull back. Yes. Uh, and then the party animal went forward. Uh, uh, Police Academy walked so the party animal could run all over the place. <laughs> um, here's a... before, Like, yeah, here's a comparison that kind of connects to which is why I thought it was fascinating as a movie, is uh, I was thinking of, like, the Broken Lizard movies and, like, Kung Pao, Enter the Fist. Yeah. Is that what that movie was called? By the way, I don't see it on here. Okay. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm imagining not, but uh, we, we both stumbled upon a fact where they were acting like it actually did pretty well somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, you know, the Broken Lizard guys and i know i'm sure i'm saying this and people will immediately i had friends like right away the when i would used to say this were just like what are you talking about it's great like the guitarist of panthers really loved uh super troopers yeah. but i was like as a comedian was just like fascinated because i was just like where did they come from and it felt like to me because they kind of came out of nowhere, and I was like, and I'm sure maybe how you felt, where I was like, I know I know a lot about comedy. I'm essentially a comedy professor, and it feels like Broken Lizard and the Kung Pao guy uh, came out of like how when we hear Steven Seagal was like someone's like bodyguard, and then they're like, we need to like let this guy get in the movies. Like, were they the comedy troupe for that? And clearly, were popular. Now they're like a legendary. Yeah. But I remember watching Super Troopers and I was just like, I truly don't get it. Yeah. Like, I was the same I way. Really couldn't wrap my brain around. And the party animal kind of had that because I think in a how did they get uh license to do everything that they're doing in this movie? Cause it's like in, according to that L.A. Times story, uh, you know that 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 director David Beard, like wanted to get into movies, couldn't make it happen, so basically was like, "I'll write a sex movie." Yeah, he went the path of like some people go horror and yeah. they're not super horror fans, and that works for them. And in this case, he's like, "I want to make, I'll make a sex movie." But according to that L.A. Times article that was about like these teen sex comedies and mostly about the party animal. In theory, there wasn't going to be any nudity in it. Yeah, and then the uh, comp or the studio went right. to him and said, "You have to add." So then he felt bad about that. Yeah, 
Because he's like, oh, now I got to make these poor actors get naked. But he's still going to. But then also had the... I'm like, I was like, where have we heard this story before? The terrible idea of men of that age, directors of that age, where he was like, so I got naked on set to make them feel comfortable because, look, I'm not above it. Yeah. Completely not understanding that that's actually more uncomfortable. The power (laughs) dynamics that are in there, that it actually kind of is forcing them more so in a different way. Yeah. Um, Kind of just a cluelessness at best. Uh, sexual predator at worst sort of vibe. Yeah, it, it reading that article did feel a little bit to me like, can you believe they're making me do this? Like, I have to, I have to write a sex comedy. Can you believe I have to do this to break in? Oh, but also I felt bad for my actors, so I definitely got naked with them, so that way I could <laughs> make them feel. Look, it, it's it's hard work, you know. It's this is what I'm doing. But that's it. Like, yeah, and I was like, okay, I don't feel bad for you reading that article (laughs) because i also you're like i mean in some ways much like the main plot of this movie because it's that like there isn't a plot that's the other part of this movie it is a bunch of vignettes about this and we weren't joking he's like they use like he's he's a southerner off of the turnip truck yeah that's a joke at the beginning of the movie where he's literally on a turnip truck chomping away at turnips eating turnips like that's nobody's business yeah um and his name is pondo sinatra mm-hmm. which is one of those where i was like do i not get the joke is there a joke in that name besides that it's just the weird name like i was like what about sinatra what am i missing with pondo i'm worried it's a be... term i know i didn't even look it up but i <laughs> i mean sinatra is supposed to be slick and you know, which is odd either. because I wouldn't go with Sinatra as my go-to, even out of the Rat Pack. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he basically is at a college. He is the horniest person alive, he, but he can't lose his virginity, and he's always wearing a Confederate flag shirt. It's like my guy. Maybe try not wearing a Confederate flag shirt everywhere. Yes, and- Studley, give him some advice that helps. Uh, like, like, tell him to not wear a Confederate flag shirt. Yeah, but or even that is like is Confederate flag. Yeah, right. And that's the one that, because, like, and so that's essentially what he shows up. This guy Studley meets him. I guess I didn't think of it in these terms. On Wikipedia, they use the term that this is a mockumentary style, and I was like, that's a loose use of that term. But it's not. It, they. Uh, that's why I was like, why are they using this device at the beginning? talking heads at the beginning and it's like very open-ended being like yeah i mean that knowing what we know now and it's like what what where does this pay off at all like it it only comes in at the beginning it doesn't we don't go back to it and it's not mockumentary where we have the handheld at all it's not even spinal tap by that time had already been out so it's like you're not even getting that kind of device where it looks like fly on the wall or it's like no it's just it's just a lazy device that they it, it feels like Parts of this guy's like maybe art films, elements that he liked in the films that he did beforehand where he did it on his own and right. then put it into this movie. Because there are sections of this movie that feel like music video or feel like some mm-hmm. kind of like, look what I can do with the medium. That's why I think it's fascinating because like my gut is to think that it's lazy doing the talking heads, but it's also 
It's unnecessary, too. Weirdly, it's unnecessary because it's also, though, a strong choice. Yeah. For this type of movie and for what is that essentially like why we're also like hemming and hawing about what the plot is, is all it is, is he meets this guy Studley who immediately is like, I'm going to help you get laid. And then it is truly just vignette after vignette and some of them just repeating of him trying to get laid, fucking it up, trying to get laid, fucking it up, intercut with what I thought was going to be the devil. Yeah. There's the blonde-haired woman who Studley, at halfway through the movie, is like, I know her. Stay away from her. But then I, and I was like, oh, so she's real. Yeah. And then it's not about a Christian god-devil situation. It's about a Buddhist uh, reincarnation theme combined with a Napoleonic theme because they keep having a visual reference to him being uh, Napoleonic and that he's like he's he's doing the things he's doing because of his inability to get laid and he's short I get I think is what I'm I think they were going for and I think it's very astute of you to just point out that it's like if, if this guy really has no idea about sex comedy as a director he's trying to do his art uh, punk adjacent stuff, maybe that's the thing I also want to yeah. know about. And we'll talk about it in a second. Yeah, in relation to a sex comedy, but then he's trying to be like highfalutin with thematic things, but there's not. It's it's unclear how any of it works together. <laughs> yeah, it's it's truly a fascinating. I was just kind of there were parts of it. I'm just like, huh. Yeah, this is an, and also reusing that like I'd sell my soul for pussy or whatever he said. Right, that was a looping part. Yeah, they kept bringing that back, and I, at first I was like, "Is this the same scene?" And it's like, "Yep, these are the same takes." They couldn't even use like slightly. I'd sell, yeah. Oh, is I'd sell my soul for a piece of ass. Yeah, that's what he said. Because I also assumed it was going to become, uh, bedazzled meets yes. like crossroads slash the robert johnson sells his soul to the devil yeah slash monkey's paw like i thought it was going to be careful what you wish for yeah and it's all of those and none of those it's because at the end it isn't that <laughs> well that reminds me of weird science right because they they're like right two horny teens but then through what they wish for it was more than they could handle and then they end up learning a lesson about uh relationships and whatnot you know and like fantasy right. versus reality and blah 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 and there's none of that here where no. it's like he gets what he wishes for instead he just like uh gets uh basically sex kills him and and possibly also if we're going as literal it ends up being quote-unquote fat sex that kills him yes because <laughs> he gets essentially murdered by an orgy of five large women in a in a laundromat and also maybe i can't verify this because i did not go look maybe they dressed up a large man yeah as a woman but i, I wasn't positive could you he was uh, they were always on the outskirts of the frame yeah and i was like in much like this movie there's a lot of like jokes did you mean to do that like yeah. but uh and so but then so also so it's all these vignettes. And this guy, as we said, is 
unbelievably unlikable. Yes. But also, I could, I need to, I'm going to look it up right now because, it, you know, the tagline is, a, or the, 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 the IMDb is, a farm boy arrives at college determined loses virginity, but has no luck with women until he discovers a secret formula to the most powerful aphrodisiac in the world and becomes the party animal. As you said, that all happens actually in like literally the last 15 minutes of the movie. Yep. And it's not a long movie. It's like an hour 17. Yeah. And it felt long. And the version that we have, uh, that Daniel sent us, I believe, is the UK version. Okay, so because of uh, the 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 soundtrack, actually, because there's a there's a fact on here that said that um, some music differs between the North American version and the UK video version, particularly in two scenes. One, when Pondo is at the male strip club, the song playing in the North American version is Roman Gods by the Flesh. Okay, so we saw the American version because okay. it was Roman Gods because then in the UK version, it's Radio Free Europe by REM. That's the one that was listed. And the whole yeah. time, I was like, when is REM going to show up? Which is fascinating. Yeah. Because REM is associated with the fucking party animal, and there's no there's no music playing. Uh, there's um when they're at the sex shop because another version of Radio Free Europe plays there, but in the American version, there's no music. So I don't know what it was with uh, REM's uh, UK label, I guess that just were like. But that's it's so the part weird that I me. need BNS about movies to do his like deep dive research and explain to us. How did the soundtrack come together? Because it is... Are the Buzzcocks Canadian? No, they're British. They're British. Okay. Yeah. Because this is Canadian too, right? Yes. But like, I I feel like Canadian punks, for some reason, they always really gravitated towards the Buzzcocks. I love the Buzzcocks, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it also is a punk movie. They end up like he's dressed as a quote-unquote punk, but also yeah. there's that whole punk party scene. Yeah. The Cheech and Chong punk party scene. That's the thing that made me feel like, oh, this feels like an art film. Like like something an element where that one woman is just dancing under a single light bulb. So the single bare light bulb yes. in like a, a small closety attic area. And I was like, this feels like a like a Lower East Side type of, you know, showing of a f- art film that he made. I know who exactly in my film school would have shot yes, that scene, you know? Exactly. Like I mean, speaking of university by the way, uh did you look up what Matthew Cosby, the man who played Pondo uh does? No. Uh, so he's only in two movies According to IMDb, and one of them is uncredited in My Chauffeur, which I think is related to this. He directed something called Frank and Marie in 2003. Dr. Matthew Causey is a senior lecturer in the School of Drama, Film, and Music at Trinity College, Dublin. He received his BFA from the California Institute of the Arts, MA from New York University, PhD from Stanford University. Dr. Causey joined the staff of drama studies at Trinity College in 1999. So here's also the thing is like, as a person who went to acting school my senior year of high school and went to film school, I I loved all of my teachers. And I'm sure also people felt this way sometimes as us as like sketch and improv and character teachers. But you'll be like, why are you teaching me sometimes like if the if you're an actor teacher is that and you pull back and it's like the only movie i can find you in is on internet archive and it's the party animal and you're a blazing asshole racist yeah oh my god (laughs) (laughs) oh boy yeah but see the soundtrack has 
the Buzzcocks. Yep. Um, the Flesh Tones. Uh, the Flesh Tones. The Undertones, who are like credited as like the first ska revival band, yep. and they play in the movie. Yeah. At the punk show, at the punk show party, they played the general. Yeah. Where everyone plays wears the same outfit too yep. as punks, which feels art school. Yep. To me as well. Uh and then in theory, everyone's beloved REM is in the party animal, a movie that is essentially has multiple attempted rapes. Yes. Is what this movie also is. Like it's um, yeah, it's super roofing. <laughs> like aggressive. Like he sprays aggressive. these women in the face like it's mace and then at one point he forces a woman's mouth open and shoves pills down her throat yeah to give her the the aphrodisiac that's the comedy people that's the funny part can i also say it's wild that not only that if that's the main plot but uh, you know because you and i are well versed in pop culture and 80s movies didn't you spend the whole time waiting for the aphrodisiac slash quote unquote Spanish fly? Because that is the trope yeah. of 80 sex comedy. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, how did it take so long and so many problematic scenes before it to get to it? Yeah. I, <laughs> it's so weird. I will say, though, Jeff, uh-huh. uh, I, I did laugh. At the car scene. This is this is what it's about. Yep. Daniel, this is why you picked this so yep. that you could f- get us to have pull quotes of us saying parts we like about the party. Oh, yeah. animal. I I I thought it was very funny because mm-hmm. farts are funny. And the sounds yes. they were making, I, I imagined that they were in the car making the noises too, because it sounded like that. I imagined it was Leslie Nielsen sitting in the back with his fart machine, <laughs> like when he is appearing on every single talk show yeah. in the, all of existence. That scene was close to insane how long it went, but maybe did the rule of like it went on so long. That's that what I thought was funny. very funny about it, because I was like, oh, they're really like, it's like a five minute scene of the same joke, but it starts to get funny again. Yes. Combined with... The, uh, you know, definitely probably problematic, but also just the funniness to me of having the Italian woman just keep going, spaghetti Americana. Scusi, spaghetti Americana. (laughs) She's blaming the American spaghetti for her farts. Not bad, not bad. I Uh, thought it was funny. Maybe because I laughed really loud because I what did I, I made some joke the other day where I kept saying excuse excuse around the house so I, like, I mean sure it's it's funny man spaghetti um <laughs> I mean here's the thing too and I said this in text like Matthew Causey has the lowest level <laughs> Ryan Reynolds is up to him because he's got a charisma to like in a weird way and you can tell that it's the rhythm of a joke, but it's not a joke or it just doesn't land. But Ryan Reynolds has made a career out of the rhythm of a joke, but his charm gets him through. 
like where you're like this mint mobile ad's not funny but you're saying it like it's a joke again it's just the cadence (laughs) it's just the charm he's able to do it um we were i was actually talking about that right before this about uh dave chappelle like his newer specials, how and maybe even I watched the Chris Rock one, but how it can trick people into thinking it's on the same level as when he wasn't just like so frustratingly problematic because yeah. you hear the rhythm of a Dave Chappelle joke. It's ingrained in you. Yeah, and so you don't even know if it's not funny or funny. Versus, but beyond just the politics, and we're not even talking about that. And it's the same in some ways as I need to listen to it more, but like the new Metallica. Yeah. I do think it's their best one since the Black Album, but also I'm like, is it more that it's just the rhythm of what a Metallica song should be? Yeah. But it's not necessarily a good riff. It's like, it is Lars's maligned, but in a wrong way, the one time I'll defend Lars when he's like, that's a stock riff when they're recording St. Anger. And it's like, no, that is a stock riff. Like, that one's fine. But it's like it's a comfortability and it's a trope move. And so, yeah, there, this guy has the rhythm of jokes. So I can't take that away from him. But then I can by everything else he does. Yeah. And then you get confused because there's an art school element, like you said, there's a punk element. The songs are very good. You're like, right? REM wouldn't have associated himself. Yeah. <laughs> um and and yeah i didn't imagine that there would be talking heads uh i I, the movie is a set even before he gets the aphrodisiac he has a supernatural power to make women even go on dates with him see that's where i i i the also the consistency of the joke that no women want to be with him yet he is able to get a few dates and then also at one point not well, a few, Frank. A lot. A lot with and, beautiful women. <laughs> yes. And then the other thing too is that he when he go he buys the the giant missile dildo. Oh my um, god. That scene where she's in bed and she's like saying like I'm ready, you know, like and it's like, "Well, I thought he wasn't so then uh, and he has to get the but now he can actually get laid and I don't even on a sexual level." At that point in the movie, it's hard to relate to him. Like you said, you need at least a, you can vaguely relate with where the character's coming to make a sex comedy work. You're sitting there like frustrated because you're like, the conceit of the movie is done. Yeah. She's willing to have sex with you. But yet you, it's all just for the gag of the, the, because then also they're like, well, how are we supposed to, because he can't just walk around with this. He has to be in a situation. So then you break your own rules. Yes. The gag, the visual gag. And that's where our sketch comedy fucking learning and training comes in because you're like, you're breaking the rules you set up for this world, motherfucker. And you're 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 doing it for the sake of a it's the parts that you and I get frustrated with in the spoof movies. Yeah. Where like you go the long path that doesn't make sense to get to a joke that's not worth breaking the rules of the world you set up. Well, my sketch, uh, my sketch teacher brain came on during the clerk scene, uh, which I, I thought was funny. I mean, uh, one, it was confusing why he was doing the the Marlon Brando, the Brando on the waterfront, and they're literally just recreating like the dialogue. 
but my sketch brain was like, you have a full sex shop there and you're only using the same dildos for your example? No, yeah. come on, let's explore. If this, then what? What else can we use in the store? Especially when you're using explosions. You're doing like, you you get some KY jelly. Use a whip. Come yes. on, what are you doing? Use different dildos. Handcuffs, Eve, <laughs> anything, motherfucker. It is You have to heighten brain. and explore. Dude. Here's my other sketchy because yeah, there's a vignette of like the movie is Sorry, like like we falling. said. <laughs> my, my yeah, I love it. I'm gonna put, oh, my, take it down. All right, whatever. Perfect. Uh, this movie truly is until it gets to the fucking aphrodisiac is just vignettes of the same thing of him running back to Studley, going, "I need help to get laid," and then Studley starts some new trajectory, and repeating. But the sex shop one is the one that like, that's I think maybe when I finally shifted like this movie is fascinating. Yes. But also, it's infuriating because, so yeah, it, it's that one, art school-wise, visually, it shifts to a security camera. Yes. It's the security camera of the sex shop because he has gotten his brain the idea that he needs a sex toy. That's the thing that's missing um, of the many options of how to fuck this up. Uh, and also, by the way, frustrates me that in theory... The black janitor who's supposed to be the teacher, uh, the Will Ferrell and Wedding Crashers, to Studley, uh, uh, the guy from White Lotus in Real Genius to Val Kilmer. Yes. Um, he's supposed to be the one who teach, who taught Studley the ways of seduction, is helping out Pondo with this missile-sized dildo that needs a generator and right. you're like, dude, now you're not helping either. But to go back to the sex shop scene, it shifts to black and white because it's security camera footage. So it's clerks. But I also was getting sketch teacher frustrated because I was like, is the game of this vignette going to be that it is Charlie Chaplin's silent movie? Right. Because I thought that they almost even put a filter of it being old timey. Yeah. And I was like, okay. I'm going to let you get away with that. You broke the rule that it's through the security camera. Now it's just we're in black and white for no particular reason. And Mondo or Pondo is quiet. Mondo Pondo is quiet for a while. <laughs> and he starts doing like jokes with the dildo. Yep. And you're like, okay, he's going to do this silently. He's going to do the Charlie Chaplin scene with the potatoes and the. <laughs> Honestly, I thought he was going to make the dildos walk. Yeah. <laughs> and then. We cut to the fucking clerks, dudes. And yeah, unexplained. And then you're like, wait, was it black and white for this joke? It's him doing a Brando. One of the guys doing a Brando impression, explaining the maybe nuclear crisis or Cuban missile crisis. No, like the the nuclear crisis. Yeah, the The arms race. Yeah, the arms race. Yeah. Through dildos and vibrators being rockets. Yes. And that goes on so long and is also broken up with Buster slash Charlie Chaplin, Buster Keaton, Charlie Chaplin, Pondo using dildos in not funny ways to just break up those scenes. And you almost wait five minutes to get to like, it could have been a contender sort of thing. But yeah, my sketch teacher brain was losing it in that scene. It could not have broken more comedy (laughs) fucking rules. Like, it was driving me nuts for something that didn't work either. Yeah. God damn it. But, (laughs) Jesus Christ. Um, Here's the other part with the interesting structure. 
because obviously we're doing as we always do. We're jumping around. Didn't they say in the quote-unquote mockumentary part, but that's now why he's famous? Yes, but I guess Did he's famous. Did they just mean on campus then? I think. What a de-height. Because, because he died uh, getting. Or that he became a confederate rabbit. <laughs> which is also my favorite spinoff of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles right, Confederate and Usagi Ojimbo, which is Confederate <laughs> Rabbit. <laughs> well, because, and then even that, I'm like, okay, wait. So it's that he maybe is just famous on campus. So that got confusing because we never got the payoff of that he became world-renowned. Yes. I thought he was going to be on the cover of Playboy, Stud yeah. Magazine, blah, blah, blah. Exactly. You would think that he would be uh, at the grotto Jeff's Grotto. Jeff's Grotto that I'm building, man. (laughs) Jeff's Grotto, yeah. Oh, man. Uh, It is the most asexual grotto you've ever (laughs) been in. Um, And the other part, like, so also with that thing, because he keeps going back to, like, I'd sell my soul for a piece of ass. Yes. And also accompanied by straight up, like, horror music. Yes. Like, those are horror pads. And also borderline dungeon synth. Dude, no, I that the parts with her and then at the end it starts getting kind of like even <laughs> I wrote down that scene where he's like, I guess, uh having sex with all those women and his friend is watching. Yeah. Um I hated that scene because he's naked and so sweaty. And I was thinking, I don't care how good of a friend I am uh to somebody, like just thinking of them like they're letting my sweaty cum slicked friend just like you know relax on me just <laughs> just worn out from yeah frank so i'm never much. taking out a stopwatch to see how many uh co-eds you can fuck on a floor also, that scene <laughs> felt like it was like him trying to the director trying to stretch his legs to be artistic a little bit because it had a little bit of that like it was farce yes ish too in a, like a panty rady way but also in my logic fucking sketch brain I was getting frustrated because the whole thing apparently was like, for some reason, this level, this uh, floor three of this sorority or dorm is impenetrable by men. Yes. Half of those women he already slept with in the movie, (laughs) including Holly. Holly being the one who first turns when he gets the aphrodisiac on him. Because I was just like, oh, Holly's attractive and she looks familiar. I just was like, who are you, this actress? Yeah. Um, But... uh, so that was driving me nuts. Uh, and that he, you know, we, we cap it off with the like, oh no, I have to have sex with a fat woman. <laughs> Everything joke. I touch turns to poontang. Everything I touch turns to poontang. My God. And so, yeah, it's, uh, what they also, he's supposed to be older. Maybe he's a fifth year senior. Sometimes shit just like got, lost on me right because i think it was kind of like thrown in from like earlier drafts or something and they just never changed it and i think like the i think i read somewhere that the um the age is a little off because it said that he was what 26 at the beginning of the movie but then based off of the death he was like 22 or 24 i forgot yes uh yeah oddly they didn't keep their logic right in this i can't believe it uh the whole Chippendale scene was so long, but what did that lead to? I'm remember. I'm realizing now. Did he learn anything or decide to Chippendale after that? I thought that's what we were leading to, where that he was. He just had dreams of him with that awful, awful party animal song. Jesus Christ. Yeah. But um, 
Yeah, I was wondering like why he was at the male strip club. I thought I thought we were gonna get a scene where he was gonna try it, and then like there's there's a your set piece right there, right? Yeah, it, it's it's right there for you. He tries to do it, and all the women leave the 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 club. I can't believe he didn't jump on stage. Yeah. Like and try to do that impressive butt flex that the blonde hair guy with the weird face did, like, because uh, it's impressively long, and I yes. didn't realize that was going to be like one of the first impressively long of many impressively long yeah. scenes. I'll tell uh, you what, the eighties yeah. loved a flat pancake butt. Oh, they really did love a big old men flat. and women. They just yes. said the flatter the better. Just go straight down. Like, I want it to be chicken cutlet <laughs> thin. Hondo percent. Pondo percent. Pondo percent. <laughs> uh, whichever date where he's trying to pry the date's legs open was horrifying. That was and there was awful. horror music over it. Yeah, that um, was a really weird scene. Yeah, early on, I just could not... I just wrote, why anyone agreeing to a date? This is also one of those movies where I just kept writing, my God, to myself. Like, I, not even a note. <laughs> I had nothing else to say. I just need to sum up scenes by just saying, my God. I kept uh, writing down in certain parts, like, I hate this part. Because, like, when he started, when he went to the nurse's office, yeah, and he said, and he's being, like, so fucking stupid. And just be like, my baker. You know, like, he goes, he calls it his hooter. Like, that. oh, yeah. I hate it. it was, got, got, like, uh, a hint of chop top a little bit. And it Beetlejuice. Was chop top. It yes, was, Beetle, not funny Beetlejuice. Yep, yep. No what the person anti uh Keaton trying yes. to fucking riff for a while. Um and then she yeah. hammers his crotch like that's why I wrote down why does she hammer right. I hate this movie. Studley says that you should go to the nurse, she's hot. Yeah. And then yeah, he's like, I got trouble with my picker. And then he keeps calling and again, even like his hooter, I was like, that's not a term for penis but whatever and but then that's yeah, what's she's funny jeff that is what's funny that's what's funny that's funny a little funny. bit a little, little bit, bit. <laughs> um and then yeah the joke is that she takes a fucking rubber mallet to his dick yeah you're like okay and then it doesn't it doesn't go back to that because some things they'll go back to yeah like the scene with the fey uh, secretary. Yes. Where you're like, okay, here's our first homophobic joke. I can't believe the party animal took this long. They were spending too much time on date rape and racism jokes oh, before yeah. that. But to get to the dean who doesn't do anything, and you're like, okay, that's a weird long buildup. Where the first time we get the quote unquote Faye secretary, it's more like a Jim J. Bullock yeah. character. And you're and that's the other part too. This part, this party animal makes you and me and the audience feel crazy. And it is a canon move because it makes you think of dirtier and shittier and more racist things that they don't do. And then maybe they'll do it later. Sometimes they don't. Yeah. So like that one, you're like, oh, it's surprising that scene that it's not as homophobic. It doesn't get to he's going to hit on him and how disgusting that is because he's a man logic of 80s joke logic. Yeah. And then he doesn't have the clearly the, the he doesn't have the Dean try to seduce him or him try to seduce the Dean. So you're like, why did that exist until later? Yeah. We have that. 
Yeah. <laughs> like, and you're like, okay, that was a setup for later on. I Why? Guess. I know. And also, I will say too, like, I mean, it's obviously a tasteless, transphobic, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, but th- th- that at that point, it was more that it was like, oh, men in drag isn't that funny when that was just the joke, you know? It's to them. It's to them at that time. It's the equivalent of. Uh, it's like I'm sure the defense is a little bit of like in Police Academy where yeah. they're like the joke isn't necessarily a transphobic joke. It's no. just it is funny that but it's honestly that Bubba Smith is in a because of a dress. A dress. Yeah. It's like slash every SNL episode when it's like we have a we have a athlete. Yeah. Let's, let's get put him, him in a dress. dress. I mean, it's yeah. like one of those things where it's like, I, so I see it more as that joke. Yeah. Because that scene, you can hear them laughing when he says, ooh, we look at what the gods done sent me. And like, you can hear everybody on set laughing during that point. Yeah. They didn't even <laughs> try to like hide it. I and I, that made me laugh because that I delivery know. is so funny. But yeah. the way he just pushes and, them yeah. over. And then you're an accomplice. Yeah, into I know. A problematic and then I'm like, God scene. damn it! Why am I? <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. I'm like, I felt very weird, but uh, I laughed. <laughs> yeah, uh, he has the Russian lady, uh, thespian, lesbian joke. Uh, um, she's right. That's another. Like right away, she's she's raring to go. Yeah. Don't even bother with the piss poor Cyrano de Bergerac r- replication where Studley is literally invisible sight and the only and way loud. to do it is yeah and loud and pondo has to wear giant headphones like i wear yep. <laughs> and he says they're hearing aids and as a hearing aid wear and as someone who has loss of hearing that's where i took my true offense yeah, in this most offensive of movies that was the, the greatest <laughs> do not of make all. light of my suffering um <laughs> uh but it was also around here that i was like there's a weird crossover of like sometimes it's arty and going for something, and sometimes it feels like a sex comedy hard rock zombies. Yeah, I wrote, you know what? Uh, because, <laughs> <laughs> yep, I, I thought the same exact thing because of certain shots and stuff. And it does yeah. feel like it's got like kind of a European sensibility to it. Yeah. A little yep. bit of that, but I guess that's the Canadian filter. You know, yep. like when Canadians uh, kind of filter their I- ideas of America or UK, you know, like it just yep. feels like that a little bit because there's yeah. a vaguely european almost like you know what it feels like to me even though i don't think this is a part of canada but montreal sure yes <laughs> french can french canadian where yeah. you're like it's a it's it's not american it's not it's it's in between yeah yeah agreed um yeah the party animal song the hound dog thing bruce Ooh. willis style him singing yeah, that was uh, very much Return of Bruno style. Yes, blues, uh, which rock. maybe we'll cover one day because that's a canon. <laughs> yeah, that's an HBO canon. <laughs> maybe I will do a uh, hardcore version of that <laughs> as cover for the Patreon, as yeah. requested in our intro. <laughs> um, uh, you got. Oh my god! Sometimes that was the other part too. Is like as a comedian and a writer and. Uh, you know, uh, it, it's sometimes unclear when you and I will be fine with tone shifts and sometimes not in comedy styles. It was just so frustrating when it'd be like, Ponzo, you got to learn to knock. You got enough knockers in here. I know. <laughs> like, oh boy. I also hated those scenes because the, the suicide, that's one of those things where it's like, I, I, you think this is funny him like having his gun in, the gun in his mouth and he couldn't yeah. talk and like him trying to hang himself and it's like 
none of that is funny to me. Like it's different when like like say like uh Better Off Dead, right? Yeah. Where you take something dark like that, but they find a funny way to like make those suicide attempts like uh, I think that's a, that's a good comparison cuz it's like Better Off Dead and or uh is that them trying to do Harold and Maud? Yeah, but even Harold and Maud But through the lens a- of a sex comedy you know what i mean the art the art student part the art uh, director part of this i get it so now that makes sense to me where like when you mentioned harold and mod like so it's like yeah it's taking a little bit of those surreal dark elements that are very funny or you know comedic and then trying to do the same thing but that person just can't uh execute it and look, we're saying this. We always talk about it. it's amazing any movie has gotten made. We would love to have a lot, 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 lot more of our projects ever actually get made and actually get things. Uh, it's incredible, especially when our friends do it. But uh, that handling of that is also maybe a sign that that L.A. Times article, it wasn't uh, It wasn't just that you needed to be a sex comedy to make a movie. Like, it's like maybe you yeah. didn't have the skills to completely like translate and handle it properly. Yeah. Um, uh, I did just remind, I forgot that I had to go back and I was bummed I had to go back when it was that nurse scene just to say, like, I did not fathom that he got hit in the nuts with a hammer and I looked away for two seconds yep. and had to go back and was like, oh, it's this movie. Um, <laughs> they would go back to as almost, sometimes you're like, was it filler or is this the m- music video part? They would do multiple hot girls looking at camera montage. Yes. As just like a way to get to the next scene, kind yeah, of. Yeah, they were like they were like the transitions, basically. It's yeah, just like a long, uh, hot lady. Uh, yeah, transition, and also it always be punctuated by the the witchy woman. The by the witchy woman come out exactly, and yeah, and the, but even that is crazy that you added a cat, and sometimes it was a werewolf. Yes, but half the time it was a hawk. Most of the time, it was a hawk. Yeah. And I was like, well, what is that association then? Like, yeah. it all of a sudden, like, ah! <laughs> You're like, okay, I yeah. guess. Um, but also, it was around the gun in the mouth when I started going crazy watching this movie. Me too, yeah. Because it was right after that that Studley was like, you just need training. And I wrote, my God, we've already watched this. Yeah. Also, it's like Seinfeld shot- when when George is trying to get back into the movie theater and he has right. to rip another ticket, he's like, we just went over this. <laughs> <laughs> and he shot, and yes, what did he do he right then? He shot the other woman that suddenly was sleeping with. Uh-huh. He shoots her. He kills her. She We're going to go with murder. He murdered her. <laughs> and he goes, oh, uh, I'm so sorry, but I will say the delivery of, hey, it's all right, man, was kind of funny. But everything yeah. else, not. <laughs> not. Well, because it's also, it's just a sharp tone change. We're yeah, not, and it's then pretty far in to be like, oh, we're going to kill people. And then also it's like, again, there's not enough absurd elements within this movie or at least grounded or, or at least established the rules of this world that all of a sudden where that's just a throwaway thing where you're like, oh, he murdered somebody. It really right. takes you out of it because you're like, holy shit, he murdered somebody. But because of the comedy of the movie or the rules that they're trying that they don't establish, it doesn't give you any kind of context for why this is okay in this world. Yeah, not at all. Uh, 
because it's just followed up with then the the guru teaching him why do you think we call pussy pussy and uh, that speech is so I long hated this speech because it just like i'm like okay let's get to the point let's get to the point to because that hound dog want to eat it up yeah hound dogs can like, eat that but that's okay. what it felt like chop top to me <laughs> Well, because it's also crazy. Yeah, it's like it's chopped up because it leads to nothing. You yeah. know it's coming to something. Also, at that point, look, if I'm just going by the genre, and then I guess that goes with the LA Times article, I was like, okay, we're like 20 minutes in and there is no nudity. Right. Like, that's crazy. Like, I'm like, what exactly is this movie? Like, just because if you're watching a sex teen comedy, there's just like, I'm sorry. I do the mental noting of like, and it shows the, the, uh, uh, the machinations that got fucked up if there weirdly isn't ever it's like a kill in a horror movie yeah. in a slasher from the 80s but that all of that also was just gonna lead to go to a african-american party and dress as a pimp and be racist and oh no don't say the n-word oh he you did. said it he did he did it and but that's what he it, took from that 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 advice that's also a thing being like what how how is this th- that's not the advice that he gave you you know what man that's just like uh sometimes would happen when you teach sketch right that yes. ain't the teacher's fault yeah that's, that's your true. translating of that's the note him. you translated yeah. wrong <laughs> that's that's him that's him for doing that and coming dressed as a pimp Pimping. And then he'll come back to the teacher and be like dressed as the pimp and be like, oh, well, I took your advice. Yeah, and you're like, what the fuck are you doing? What? No, that's not that's the not what beat I, I suggested. I, I feel like that was just a joke to have the Afro pick in the head. Like 100 percent. And I didn't even hear what he said to uh, to, to uh, tell the joke that went with it. And I was like, I don't care. Yeah, I'm not going back for that one. I already went back for the hammer to the dick. <laughs> My God. Uh, and then all uh, yeah. the ladies uh, just. Oh, by the out. way, can I just say, gets a hair pick in my head. My God, that was my note. Yeah. Uh, go on. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was going to say, like, all the ladies just working out in one room in lingerie. Like, yeah. yep, of course. This one feels like where the director's, like, putting in a demo reel for, like, the Playboy home video market. 100%. <laughs> this is the video my best friend got. And then we start watching and we're like, what are we doing? What, why are we watching what this are, together? Why am I sitting with you? In your bedroom watching softcore porn. This is stupid. Um, what am I going to do with this information right now? <laughs> um, yeah, Studley got a belly dance with a snake, whatever, the hair pick. But yeah, they, it goes to like, that is also the clearly shoved in scene. But yeah. also you're kind of like, okay, I guess this is your way to get nudity in, like lazily, bosom buddy style. He's going to convince them to play strip, whatever that game is. I thought it was poker, but it seems to just be like... Oh, maybe it is a strip blackjack. I just wrote Lordy. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, just a bunch but of women. with an exclamation point. <laughs> yeah. Because you were very excited about this. I went, Lordy, this is happening. <laughs> um, <laughs> I did write, will be odd if they somehow shove all the nudity in this movie into this one scene. And they kind of do. And they do, yeah, um, basically. Or so. Uh, w- yeah. Ca- classic boner joke. Yeah. Uh, if that boner joke's to work, he would have a john holmes style boner and you know again he's working hard to not fucking get hard is what i say he's yeah yeah, he's passing up but then that lady Um, calls him out and then that's the end of the scene that's it yeah and then right after was i just wrote my god again same loop we're doing the same fucking shit like it was like i think the women again uh studley we lost the war a defeat like that kills all the romance their woman's heart oh man yeah that was him talking about the civil war yes wowzers 
Uh, but all the, even that, I was like, got distracted because right away after, I was like, wait, didn't he, we already see the sell your soul for a piece of has, ass line? Yep. Yes. <laughs> and then he tells him to go to the that that store. Dylan, of course, Dylan. Well, yeah, it's it's. Uh, Here's wait, the question. Yeah. Is it that Pondo got the store wrong, and that's not what Studley recommended, no. or did Studley? Yes. Wikipedia says that he recommended something else. He did. I got confused. Okay. Because the name of the store was like Hillinger's or something like that. It was a store oh. that was above. And then underneath it in the basement area was something called Dillinger's. And he's such a dummy that he thought, oh, that's the one to go to, which was the right. punk one and not the nice. Uh, he went to the St. Mark's place. Yes, exactly. Uh, the, the punk store at the under, next to Kim's video. Yes. Um, that's where I bought my Love and Rocket shirt. Of Which course, is too you small did. for me now. <laughs> <laughs> Story of our lives. Um, <laughs> the thing I bought in New York when New York was completely different is too small for me, and we can never go back. <laughs> Summary of everything. Uh, yeah, he goes into Dillinger's. Oop, it's a punk shop. That was the wrong one. They're going to cut their hair with uh, yard clippers and take an actual drill and put it in his nose. It's true Quincy punks. It truly, truly is. He becomes Quasimodo. Yeah. Um, and there's that and whole... Then, it's way too long for that joke. Yes. Way too well, long for, I am not an animal with a elephant man, right? That's what it's... Uh, yeah, so that would... Let's go sketch teacher brain again. I would be like, you're mashing up two different references. It's just for that reference. It's just for those references. And that's, right. what, that's what you're working backwards because you're like, oh, it'd be funny if he is so grotesque when they make him a punk that they treat him like an animal. Like So it's a surreal, you know, joke. Right. And then it's just such a long walk for very little payoff. And then, like, they still keep him in that punk, although I will say when he says, bullshit, that's an animal, I thought that was yeah, funny. Yeah, I liked I, I I'm was annoyed. Funny. I wrote, bullshit, that's an animal. Yeah. God damn it. <laughs> but he, they keep him in the punk outfit. Like, that's yeah. not the even the end of the scene. They bring him into literally a, a, a place that says whorehouse on it. Yep. Lazily. And everybody like starts to leave. Basically yep. the joke I said earlier about him being a um a stripper. Right. But they all leave and you hear all these ADR jokes of like, you know, uh, a face that even a cockroach could couldn't couldn't love and I'd rather fuck my father and all this other stuff and But that's the again the sketch teacher note. I didn't realize how many sketch teacher notes there are where like it is the same deal where it's like I just wrote why wait so long for the accountant sex worker set piece. Yeah. Like I was like that's like first or second beat sort of thing. And mm. if it was like a sketch, and it's just like with the Chippendales one, it's like do the ones, do the one or two that you know the audience is kind of doing the math on and do those early, but try to put your own spin on it and then heighten it above to the one that's like, oh, only this writer could bring this. Yeah. Because, in, it, because you have the danger of in this sort of game, if this movie is a game and a sketch that the audience is going to do the math the whole time and be like, what the fuck? Why are you just going to a sex worker? Yeah. Like, what are you doing? You're killing me here. Like, you know, get it, get it over, man. Um, 
but yeah, it was like, so yeah, he, he doesn't uh, have sex again. Another girl montage. Yep. Oh, I forgot. He goes all dressed up and no place to go. Looking at the camera again, hee-haw style. Uh-huh. So that's where you're also like, now it's not even an art movie. It's just hee-haw. Uh, he hears about the jackrabbit idea. You don't realize that's going to be the end of the movie. Yeah, it's a nod forward. Second werewolf noise. I think there's only two, not rule of three, and doesn't lead to anything werewolfy, I don't think. Uh, as I wrote, one idea, maybe get him out of the punk outfit. You can fix that. It's driving me nuts. And then eventually and then, he does just in bed. But he's got was his hair it back. a dream? No, because it I, cuts to the dreams of when he's take when he's dreaming with his giant teddy bear, and he's surrounded by more Confederate flags, and his hair is normal. Yeah. So was all of that a dream sequence? I don't know, because then we're we're to it, it implies that that witch woman, witchy woman, right, is feeding him these dreams. Oh, maybe, but then Studley knows her as a human being. Yes. And it drove me not that I was like, oh, UHF, do not tell me that you got Cheese Whiz on a Twinkie from <laughs> Kool-Aid this. packet. Yeah. Ew. Yeah. Because I was like, a Twinkie wiener sandwich. Bob, it's your favorite. A Twinkie wiener sandwich. <laughs> um, yeah. Eagle for fucking lady. Uh, uh, who is that? I swore I saw her before. Finally, we're talking about her. Oh, yeah. Uh, it, I just wrote this movie has a surprising amount of ideas. They're not executed, but they exist. That's why it's also fascinating. Uh, drugs, women love drugs. That's how we get to the God, punk show. That whole, yeah. So, but even that, like, the at a certain point, because there's so many vignettes and no one is relatable, it's hard to not just constantly be frustrated by Studley. Like, I'm like, Studley, stop giving him the wrong advice. He's going to take it the wrong way. Yeah, you You're going to tell him women love drugs. He's going to turn into a drug dealer for no particular reason. And then, like, everybody's going to surround him at the table. And that's the hard rock zombie. Remember that that one music yeah. video part where they yeah. keep showing the, um, the, the townspeople, like, getting upset and angry, and they keep showing the same two people over and yes. over? And that's what's happening at this party where the same people are like, oh... That he's doing Ooh. these drugs and he keeps he's doing every single type of drug and it's like that including LSD thing. Drinking a coke. Yes. Before he does some coke. Yes. <laughs> I almost like laughed at the audacity of that joke. I, I was it like, was oh, I right. did guffaw, if you will. Um I just wrote to myself, my God, I hope he overdoses. <laughs> um uh, I mean that was that was like Belushi level like cocaine he was doing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are fucking elephant rails. Those right are there. eight balls, yeah. <laughs> I, um, as a man of hyperbole, I truly had to look away and felt like I was going to throw up watching him eat all of the drugs mashed up. Yes. It just looked, it looked just disgusting. like, even just picturing the dryness of weed, like, in your mouth. <laughs> it's like, ugh. um, wait, sacrifice dream sequence? Oh, even that, there was like... There was a dream that he had after the drugs that maybe was a drug hallucination that I can maybe give. I was like, are you going for a Polanski Rosemary's baby Yeah. thing where there's one old lady? And again, you're like, joke? Is that a joke? 
I was just getting distracted by the straight up dungeon synth, and I want the soundtrack actually for this. <laughs> I know because there's good songs. That's the best oh, part. Oh, because of this movie. it was dungeon synth and Frank. Did you think it was going to turn into Gangster's Paradise? I did. Korea? Yes, yeah. yes, yes. <laughs> oh, I just was like, oh my god! And then yeah, porn shop. We already talked about. You're well, just like, this will be homophobic, maybe. Yeah. What did I miss? No, I was going to say. Well, let's go to the the that awful professor. It was like I, I wrote down this actor clearly loves himself and this accent is incredibly grating. He's just chewing it up so hard but can't deliver yeah. that aphrodisiac. He's like, the aphrodisiac. And it's like, oh, let's get off. Yeah. Because that's where it becomes weird science all of a sudden. That's where it becomes weird science. Yeah, you're like, he's doing a back to school meets the professor from uh, uh, Uncle Scrooge comics like accent but yeah what was that class supposed to be and why were all the women horny for him in that class was it a sexuality class i don't think so so. i don't know he's german or whatever the fuck he was talking about aphrodisiac and then like oh "Oh, no the breaking down of the the entomology of the word aphrodisiac to basically be a racist joke yeah bummer like that's the other part too like even in it that's it there's a there's a bunch there's a bunch of sections in here and bunch of single jokes that you're all you can say is dude even in 85 you gotta know you gotta know that ain't working man come (laughs) on this is rough yeah um couldn't but yeah could i i I, yeah not gonna lie amazed it took 47 minutes to get to a fey secretary character yep like again, I was just like shocked sometimes when they didn't do the thing earlier. Yeah. Was before- was Moby M5 on the giant missile vibrator a joke yes. or not? It was the M5, yeah. Cuz But was it M5 a joke? Vibrator. Is that a joke? <laughs> Does uh, that mean anything? <laughs> I mean, I think you just said it has a military type of Okay. It's Moby Dick. Ah! That's it, Dick Moby Dick. I didn't pick up on the Moby (laughs) Dick part. That's what I was looking for. I was maybe too distracted by the M five, yeah, which could be Mission Impossible, and the Confederate flag that he went out of his way to paint a Confederate flag on. If you think about it, yep. And that's the problem. You and I think about it too much. I'm sitting here getting distracted, not getting the obvious Moby Dick joke. Right. He's he's too busy making mods on this thing. (laughs) We got Stonewall Jackson modifying it like we're at American Choppers. (laughs) (laughs) Cha-cha. Um yeah, should have been played by Jim J. Bullock, though. I mean, or I just like, I just was like, I mean, I just miss Jim J. Bullock I in know. more parts. Um, uh, yeah, calls him ma'am. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah. Bummer. So many, uh, sexy Dean wasn't sexy Dean. It leads to nothing. Again, shortest scene. He learns about Afro. Um, this movie is the fucking longest, shortest movie ever. Well, this is the point of the movie, too, where he starts to spray the women in the face in his car. Uh, and, like, one loses her hair when he's experimenting. Yeah, the, with his the, aphrodisiac. The editing on this, like, from here on is very rough. It feels like yeah. they were, like, getting to the end. They're like, oh, we got to finish up this movie. Yeah. And then we get all these, like, surreal and, uh, what do you call them? Um 
absurdist. Yeah, kind of like these absurdist jokes that are just yeah. like uh, she turns into an ape. There's an a, alien. There's yeah. a there's a, a skeleton basically in the dean's office, all accusing him of date rape, and they're right. Yeah, that's that scene bothered me because it feels like it's taking something serious, like where he's being. You know, they're like, what are we going to tell? Like, even the tone of it feels like it's like a kind of made-for-TV movie about, you know, yeah. women who survive. And the the tone it's taking, but then the joke is that, you know, there's an alien in there and there's like, that's he's, he's ruined their lives. I think that's <sighs> even goes to just the thing about maybe you and me with like sex comedies, especially at this level in general, is just like... I know there are certain things that other people would be like, oh, I can't joke about that. And you and I are just like, I don't give a fuck. Like, whatever. But then when it is uh, <laughs> date rape jokes that are taken seriously, not seriously, there's just never a time that I'm just like, yeah, that one was worth it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's always going to be problematic. Yeah. And not in a fun way. Not in just, I'm just labeling it that. It's just like, it really takes me out so much that I'm just like, what are we doing here, people? <laughs> um, like, seriously, what are we doing? But uh, then we get some ska. Come on, man. And we, we get we fucking pick it up, ska. Pick it up, pick it up. Hip, hip, hip. I mean, general. I wrote down, I was like, I was like, hell yeah, skank it. Damn, I can't yeah, help man. but love this shit. <laughs> yeah, I can't either. It was fun. It was good. Um, uh, yeah, there's... Yeah, he ends up making his aphrodisiac by accident because he dumps all the chemicals together. Um, he uh, he pulls a soft drink suicide, is what I think we would call it sometimes yeah. when you go to the Taco Bell, use every single flavor. Um, uh, and yeah, then that works. He does the Scooby-Doo it, fuck gauntlet. Yep. Where he goes in and out of rooms. I thought it was going to become that creep show, uh, too, with Stephen King. I thought he was going to get, like, green shit all over him that people want to fuck him, but he starts getting, like, covered in it. Oh, no. that Hey, that's Creepshow 1. All Is right. it Creepshow? God Verrill, damn it. The, yeah, God Bell, yeah. damn it. I knew it. As soon as I said two, <laughs> I was like, I know this is wrong, and Frank, I you are the master of anthologies. <laughs> and that's my nickname for you always. Yeah. Um, uh, that's how you get introduced when you do live shows. The master of anthologies. <laughs> uh, but Holly gives in. He gets fucking laid. I think I also get frustrated because if you go to the thesis of this movie, all I want to do is lose my virginity. He does, and it's like a non-issue or yeah. non-plus. It doesn't get registered in his brain. And honestly, it's a little bit of like what I, uh, my problem I had with uh, Knock at the Cabin. I was just like, hey, if you're going to do something about the apocalypse, you can't just vaguely reference God in one sentence. It's a bigger topic. I don't know what to tell you, man. Yeah. Um, and in this, his virginity, like no one ever points out, like I was waiting for Studley to be like, but you lost it, man. He's like, you did it. It's like, but I want more. Yeah. Like, then it's a fucking, I don't know, some what sort you of... Wish for, yeah. Yeah, be careful what you wish for, exactly. Um, he uh, even mentions he, the King Midas analogy, yes. so then it's like... King yeah. Midas, man, it's right there, baby. Uh, I kind of like the American Gigolo scene. Like, I didn't like that. I just liked that they were doing it. Again, I was just, like, shocked that they were doing him having people dance and kind of an artsy music video. Yeah, that's what Wasn't I was he, saying. That yeah. feels like another section where I'm like, this feels, 
And it's and it's strangely. Do you know erotic. why you really like that? Might like that scene though. What did you look up? Who the band is? No. So that is a band. That song is called Rain. Yeah, it's a sadder song. Dream Six, which was the original name, I believe, turned into Concrete Blonde. I was like, Whoa, Oh, yeah, that's why. And then into oh, Shakespeare's Joey. sister, I believe. <laughs> so it had Napolitano or whatever her name is. Yeah. Uh, Jan Napolitano is singing that song, wow. and that's why I was like, Oh, that sounds sad in a good way. Yeah, I love that. This soundtrack, baby. Jesus. Yeah, the soundtrack is definitely the best part of this movie. Yeah, um, but that scene is totally weird. And crazy that they did it. Uh, I like that yelling. scene. Yeah, I like that scene too. Uh, I found it. I'm a party animal now. Boom. There you go. Fucking title the movie. Um, uh, yeah, he tries to do the third floor. Uh-oh, he's sad about the fat girl, like I said. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know, she's attractive. Um, I know, it's just such a... Uh, so whatever. dumb. That, that was just the joke back then. Is like, you're fat, that's funny. Yep. Whatever. Uh I kind of was like, why does he even need to be back in school? Who gives a fuck? He's fucking. Yeah, That's all the point exactly. of this movie was. Um, I just wrote, oh, no, gay guy likes him now. Of course. My God. <laughs> just what? I just like, again, you're waiting for the lazy non-joke. Yep. Um, oh, yeah. New Dean is a trans Guy in a dress. Woman, mean, guy in a yeah. dress. Whatever they... That's the thing is like... We don't know where They don't know from. what it is. Yeah. They don't know what... It, it's just a non-joke. Just offensive. Um, Yeah, now he's tired of sex. He's just like Rivers Cuomo. Yeah. You know? He's problematic. He's tired of making Just like the Louise. lyrics on Pinkerton. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sunday yeah, night he's making Denise. Come on. <laughs> And it's weird. They go back to the talking heads. They're like, we're back in this. Yeah, we're back to the, the documentary style. And back to the devil eagle. And then, yeah, he gets murdered Cause he's, by five uh, angry fat women who also, again, it's like annoying when it's like a non-committal to the joke. Yep. It's like they layered in slight pig noises. They did. Jeff, I wrote this down. It's like, I hate this because when they're pushing each other around, they put in pig noises like they're at a trough. But and they then, only put him in lightly. Yeah, it's light. It's light in there, but you can hear it. And then when they uh, go towards him, it's elephant stamping. Oh, I didn't pick up on that because yeah. I think I was ready to be done completely with the. There movie. were like elephant noises and stamps and like. I think I was spending too much time again trying to decide if that one woman was a man dressed as a woman, right. For a non-joke out of frame. But you know what? Um, for a white boy, he did all right. For a white boy, he did all right, exactly. So he got murdered by fat sex, is what I wrote. And then he's reincarnated as a rabbit that has a Confederate flag by the devil? Well, because is- then we get the reverse <laughs> shot of that woman. It was such a surreal shot that the movie ends ah! on. Where you're like, what? <laughs> yeah. And uh, I, my last note was just, what? truly was that movie <laughs> yeah i it it is you told me because you you told me like uh, what was the exact phrasing you said uh get ready for when you were watching it oh what did i'm gonna have I to say? find i'm gonna have to find the text that you told me because you said uh not good but fascinating yeah and a punk I, movie yeah <laughs> yes and I stand behind all of it. I I agree with you because I I think like I think people. I mean, we'll have to provide a link to this um, 
but I because I, you can't really find it. But no. I think people should see this just for the fact that it's such a like what movie anomaly. It's what such movie? it's such a weird. It's kind of fascinating how bad it is for the in the genre, but also just perplexing of like why this choice. Yeah, and and. It is, as he said, also in his intro uh, that it's like, is this the first one that, and we didn't do it, but he did it basically. It's like, is this the first can, could have been a can that could have a trigger warning? And like, I yeah, mean, we it's had like, that for Death Wish 2, right? From the beginning. Right, but, yeah. right, right. But I do think like this is a movie that's fascinating for the people who listen to this podcast every single week. Like, like, yeah. and, and, uh, overthink all of these movies just like we do and i just said my last thing i want to say about is speaking of overthinking but this is the beauty of a line i pulled from wikipedia (laughs) where i was like okay i'm not along alone on this but someone wrote in the end of the film is tragic comic with a metaphysical twist concerning the fate of those ruled by lust they turn into a rabbit with a They turn a rabbit. Flag. Definitely what was going on, and they nailed it with a racist rabbit. Um, uh, heritage, not hate, is what that rabbit says. <laughs> <laughs> As it hops away. Uh, oh, man. Wearing a, you wear your flag, I'll wear mine. I swear this isn't a shirt saying I'm a racist, racist shirt. <laughs> um, yeah, man. Uh, I it is it's wild. Yeah. It was truly wilder than I thought it was going to be. And Daniel, crazy. Yeah. What a crazy, great pick. You did it. I think you did it, man. You did it. Seriously. So I mean, let's. This is a good transition to get into. Our could have been a cannon rating. Yeah. This is where we got to rate this on one to ten cannons, not how good or bad it is. You've heard us talk about that in this, but how canon is this? Could have been a cannon. How many benchmarks of canon does this hit? For me, this is like a 7.5 or an 8. Yeah. Because it does have so many elements where like, I could see Golan and Globus being like, I want this, I want that. And again, from the the interpretation of American sex cinema and all this, you know, it feels like there's a lot of probably too many cooks in the kitchen and somebody trying to be ambitious too, and it just feels like there's a lot of elements in here that definitely feel like canon. I'm just real, so I'm with you, and I I know Daniel said this one will rate pretty high, and I do think this is still a high rating. I'm gonna I was gonna go definite eight, and it's only a little bit, but I'm pulling back to seven point five. Maybe even seven, but I'll stick with 7.5 because it half feels like an acquisition. So that makes it a little bit less canon. But also something I did not think about until just now in only in relation to canon, their template is Lemon Popsicle. Yeah. Last American Virgin. So it would maybe would have to be more of an acquisition only in that it does hit all of the like tone things that they would get things totally wrong. They would try to be loftier than that. This movie should be. They would get it wrong on when you should show nudity, when you shouldn't, when you should show racism, when you shouldn't. But also they would Menachem obviously weirdly would step in and be like, no, 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 no. This needs to be basically Lemon Popsicle. <laughs> it, That's what we remake. We remake that with Hot Chili Hot Resort, Last yeah. American Virgin, etc. 
I feel like this is the heart. You you said it earlier. Like this is the sex comedy version of Hard Rock Zombies, as far as like the yeah. tone goes and like the yeah. execution. So, and 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 also having musical subgenre. Yeah, because I I that's the part I need to have. Again, being asked about movies, maybe you can find some stuff. I'm going to do some research. I almost want to even ask like my friend Damien Abraham from Fucked Up. Like, cause he's just like a punk rock, like historian, like, like, is there, and he's Canadian too. So I'm like, do you have any connection of why there's so much punk and punk related in this fucking weird movie? It's crazy. I mean, the party animal, I truly didn't know. This was one, uh, this is also one like enemy territory where I'm like, I'm glad I saw in a different way than enemy territory. But I remember being at first when I saw that this one got picked, I was like, oh, I was like a sex comedy. I was like, all right, I know we'll have fun. But like, I'm I'm so intrigued by it existing yeah. in the world and where it la- and and especially again that it ended up having a punk connection. Um, so, yeah, thank you, Daniel, for picking this one. We hope you enjoyed it and we hope the rest of you enjoyed it as well. Uh, and on that note, this is where we got to wrap up. Frank, tell the people where they can find us. They can find us on Instagram and Twitter at the Canon Canon. Second Canon is one in. And of course, again, go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash the Canon Canon. You can pick a movie for us to watch just like this amazing one and all the amazing ones we have been watching lately. And so on that note, I got to say until next episode, I'm Jeff Garlock. And I'm Frank Garcia Hale. This is... The cannon. Cannon. Oh, my hoo-ha, my wiener, my ding-dong. Go, go. Go, go.